After reciting the Tashahud, Ta'awz, and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalif al-Masih V, Ayyadullah Ta'ala bin Aziz, stated, Hazrat Yazid bin Sabit was a Badri companion of the Holy Prophet He belonged to the family of Banu Malik bin Najjar from the Khazraj tribe of the Ansar. Hazrat Yazid's father was Thabit bin Zahak and his mother's name was Noah bint Malik. Hazrat Yazid was the older brother of Hazrat Zaid bin Thabit. He married Dubaya bin Thabit. It is mentioned that he participated in both the battles of Badr and Ohud. He was martyred in 12 Hijri in the Battle of Yamama during the Caliphate of Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. According to another narration, he was struck by an arrow on the day of Yamama and owing to this injury, he passed away while returning from this battle. Hazrat Yazid bin Thabit narrates that they were sitting with the company of the Holy Prophet ﷺ when they saw a funeral pass by them. The Holy Prophet ﷺ stood up and everyone sitting around the Holy Prophet ﷺ also stood up. They remained standing until the funeral had passed. The details of this incident is recorded in another narration in the following manner. Hazrat Yazid bin Thabit narrates that he was sitting along with a group of companions in the company of the Holy Prophet ﷺ when a funeral passed by. When the Holy Prophet ﷺ saw this, he stood up swiftly and the companions also did the same. They continued to stand until the funeral had passed by them. Hazrat Yazid states, By God, I do not think that the Holy Prophet ﷺ stood up due to some discomfort or a lack of space. I also think that this was the funeral of a Jewish man or a Jewish woman 
and we did not ask the Holy Prophet as to the reason why he stood up for it. There is another narration by Hazrat Yazid bin Thabit where they were in the company of the Holy Prophet This incident is from Sunan An-Nisai and the earlier incident was from a book of history. Hazrat Yazid bin Thabit states, the Holy Prophet came outside and saw a new grave. In fact, this is a different incident altogether. He states, We went outside with the Holy Prophet Upon seeing a new grave, the Holy Prophet asked, What is this? The companions responded by saying, This is the grave of the slave girl who belonged to such and such tribe. The Holy Prophet knew who the grave belonged to. The companions informed the Holy Prophet that she passed away earlier in the afternoon when he was resting. They said that they did not deem it suitable to wake him up at the time as he was resting. When the Holy Prophet heard this, he stood up. The companions from rose behind the Holy Prophet who then recited Takbir four times, meaning that the Holy Prophet stood by her grave, instructed everyone to form rose and offered the funeral prayer. He then stated, as long as I am in your midst, you must inform me when any one of you passes away, because my prayer serves as a mercy for the deceased. Similarly, this narration is also recorded in Muslim, Sunan Abi Daud and Ibn Majah. It is mentioned in Ibn Majah in the following manner. Hazrat Yazid bin Thabit, who was older than Zayd, states, We were in the company of the Holy Prophet when he reached Janatul Baqi, he discovered a new grave had been dug. The Holy Prophet ﷺ inquired about the grave, to which the companions replied that it was the grave of such and such woman. The narrator states that the Holy Prophet ﷺ recognized her and said, Why did they not inform him about her? They replied that he was resting in the afternoon and he was also fasting. Hence, they did not wish to burden him. Upon this, the Holy Prophet ﷺ said, do not perform any deed that I am unaware of. In other words, I have never ordered you as such. As long as I remain among you, you must inform me of whoever passes away. The reason for this is that my prayer will become a source of mercy for that individual. Following this, the Holy Prophet ﷺ went to her grave. They formed rows behind the Holy Prophet, who then recited four takbirat for her. There is another narration from Sahih Bukhari which has been narrated by Hazrat Abu Hurairah and is in relation to a woman of dark complexion and offering her funeral prayer at her grave. In this narration it is mentioned that she used to sweep the floor of Masjid Nabwi i.e. the mosque of the Holy Prophet in Medina. One day this woman who used to sweep Masjid Nabwi passed away. When the Holy Prophet did not see her for several days he inquired about her, upon which the companions informed him that she had passed away. Upon this, the Holy Prophet ﷺ said, Were you not going to inform me about this? Tell me where this woman's grave is. Hence, the Holy Prophet ﷺ visited her grave and led her funeral prayer. The author of Injazul Hajjah, a commentary of Sunan ibn Majah, writes that this woman had dark complexion, 
Imam Behki has mentioned her name to be Umm Mihjan, and Ibn Manda has mentioned her name to be Kharqa. She has been counted among the female companions. It is also possible that her name was Kharqa and that Umm Mihjan was her title, i.e., both these names are correct. The name of the next companion to be mentioned is Hazrat Mawwiz bin Amr bin Jamu. Hazrat Mawwiz belonged to the Banu Jushim of the Khazraj tribe of Yansar. Hazrat Mawwiz's father's name was Amr bin Jamu, and the name of his mother was Hind bint Amr. Hazrat Mawwiz bin Amr bin Jamu participated in the Battle of Badr along with his two brothers, Hazrat Maaz and Hazrat Khallad. Apart from this, they also participated in the Battle of Uhud. The father of Hazrat Mawwiz is Amr bin Jamu, who was prevented from participating in the Battle of Badr by his sons owing to his limp and pain in his foot. I have already mentioned this incident in a previous sermon, but will mention it briefly again. On the occasion of the Battle of Uhud, Hazrat Amr bin Jamu said to his sons that they did not permit him to go to war on the occasion of Badr. However, this time he will most certainly participate in the Battle of Uhud and they will not be able to stop him. His sons explained to him that due to his impediment, he was not even obliged to participate in the battle under such circumstances. However, Hazrat Amr bin Jamu did not accept this. He presented himself before the Holy Prophet and said, O Messenger of Allah my sons are preventing me from participating in the battle due to my injured foot. However, I wish to participate in the jihad alongside you. The Holy Prophet also said, As for you, Allah the Exalted has exempted you, and as such, jihad is not obligatory upon you. Nevertheless, seeing his zeal and passion, the Holy Prophet granted him permission. Hazrat Amr bin Jamu collected his provisions for the war, and as he was about to set off, he said, O Allah, grant me martyrdom, and do not return me to my family unsuccessful. Subsequently, this desire of his was in fact fulfilled, and he was martyred in the Battle of Uhud. Following his martyrdom, his wife, Hazrat Hind, carried him and his brother, Abdullah bin Amr on the same horse and buried the two of them in the same grave. The Holy Prophet said, I swear by him who holds my life in his hands. I have seen Amr walking about in heaven with his limp. The name of the next companion is Hazrat Bishr bin Bara bin Marur. Hazrat Bishr belonged to the Banu Ubaid bin Adi of the Khazraj tribe of the Ansar. According to another narration, he belonged to the Banu Salama. These are two different narrations. Hazrat Bishr's father's name was Hazrat Bara bin Marur and the name of his mother was 
Khuleida bint Qais. The father of Hazrat Bishr, Hazrat Bara bin Marur, was among the twelve appointed chiefs during the second bayt at Aqaba and was the chief of the tribe of Banu Salama. Hazrat Bara passed away on a journey one month prior to the migration. When the Holy Prophet ﷺ had migrated to Medina, he visited his grave and recited four takbirat. Hazrat Bishr participated in the second bayt at Aqaba along with his father. Furthermore, from among the companions, Hazrat Bishr bin Bara was an expert archer. The Holy Prophet ﷺ established a bond of brotherhood between Hazrat Bishr and Hazrat Waqid bin Abdullah, who had come from Makkah to Medina. Hazrat Bishr participated alongside the Holy Prophet ﷺ in the Battle of Badr, Uhud, Khandak, the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, and the Battle of Khaybar. Abdurrahman bin Abdullah narrates that the Holy Prophet ﷺ said, O Banu Nazala, in some narrations it is written as Banu Salama, who is your leader? They replied that it is Jad bin Qais. The Holy Prophet ﷺ said, On what basis do you consider him to be your leader? They replied, He is wealthier than us and is affluent, therefore we have made him our leader. However, they also stated, the only aspect they dislike about him is that he is a miser. They did not like that he was extremely miserly. The Holy Prophet ﷺ said, Is there a greater shortcoming than miserliness? In other words, miserliness was a grave flaw and owing to this he could not be their leader. They replied, O Messenger of Allah وسلم, do tell us then who is our leader. The Holy Prophet وسلم, said, Bishr bin Bara bin Marur is your leader, i.e. the companion who is being mentioned. According to another narration, it is recorded that the Holy Prophet ﷺ said, Your leader is Bishr bin Bara bin Marur, who has a fair complexion and curly hair. Hazrat Bishr bin Bara married Hazrat Qubaysa bin Saifi, and they had a daughter named Aliya. Hazrat Qubaysa accepted Islam and also pledged allegiance to the Holy Prophet ﷺ. Hazrat Ibn Abbas narrates, Prior to the advent of the Holy Prophet ﷺ, the Jews used to pray for victory against the tribes of the Aus and Khazraj through the mediation of the Holy Prophet ﷺ. They used to fight with one another and prayed for victory to be granted to them in the name of the Prophet whose advent had been prophesied, and would supplicate to God Almighty for this. However, when God Almighty raised the Holy Prophet ﷺ from among the Arabs, they themselves were the ones to reject him and his message. This has been the practice of those who reject prophets from time immemorial.
Once Hazrat Muaz bin Jabal, Hazrat Bishr bin Bara and Daul bin Salama said to them, O Jews, fear God and accept Islam. Prior to this, you would pray for victory through the advent of a prophet by the name of Muhammad and say that this prophet would appear whose name would be Muhammad. You would pray for victory through him saying that we were the, those who associate partners with God. Hazrat Bishr bin Bara then said, We were among those who associated partners with God. And regarding us, you would say that a prophet would appear and the time has come for his advent. You would narrate to us about the signs of his coming. But now that he has appeared, why do you not accept him? Salam bin Mishkim, the leader and treasurer of the Jewish tribe Banu Nadir, and also the husband of Zainab bint Harith, the woman who offered poisoned meat to the Holy Prophet ﷺ during the Battle of Khaybar, replied, This Prophet has not brought to us anything that we recognize, and he is not that Prophet whom we describe to you. Despite the fact that all the signs that they used to mention themselves were fulfilled, their answer was that the Holy Prophet ﷺ did not bring what they could recognize, and so all the signs had not been fulfilled. Hence, they did not accept him. Subsequently, God Almighty revealed the following verse. وَلَمَّا جَاءَهُمْ كِتَابٌ مِّنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ مُصَدِّقٌ لِمَا مَعَهُمْ وَكَانُوا مِنْ قَبْلُ يَسْتَفْتِحُونَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا Meaning, and when there came to them a book from Allah, fulfilling that which is with them, and before that they had prayed for victory over the disbelievers, yet when there came to them that which they knew, they rejected it. The curse of Allah be on the disbelievers. Hazrat Zubair bin Awam relates, during the battle of Uhud, when the circumstances went against us, I was near the Holy Prophet ﷺ. At the time, we were stunned and in a state of shock when a state of sleep descended upon us. It was such a state that it felt as if we had been overtaken by slumber. There was not a single one of us whose chin was not resting on their chest i.e. their heads were lowered in the state of sleep and drowsiness. By God, it felt to me as though I had heard the voice of Mu'attib bin Qushayr in my sleep, and he was saying to me that if it was up to us to decide, we would never die here in this manner. Hazrat Mu'attib bin Qushayr was an Ansari companion, 
who participated in the pledge at Aqaba, the battles of Baranuhud. I committed to memory the words I had heard in my state of slumber. With regards to this occasion, God Almighty revealed the following verse. I, then, after the sorrow, he sent down peace on you, a slumber that overcame a party of you, while the other party was anxious concerning their own selves, thinking wrongly of Allah like unto the thought of ignorance. They said, Is there for us any part in the government of affairs? Say, All government belongs to Allah. Hazrat Kaab bin Amr Ansari states, On the day of the Battle of Uhud, I was with 14 of my fellow tribesmen alongside the Holy Prophet Thereafter, we were overtaken by a state of slumber which granted us peace, i.e. the slumber brought about tranquility in them. Although we were still in the midst of a battle, yet this slumber granted us contentment. There was not a single person from among us who one could not hear the sound of snoring from. At times, such a state of deep slumber can arise. He further states, I witnessed the sword of Bishr bin Bara bin Marur, i.e. the companion being mentioned, fall out of his hand, but he was completely unaware of this, all the while the idolaters were advancing towards us. Nonetheless, it may well be that he perceived the sword to have fallen, because despite their state of slumber, they were used to gripping their weapons firmly, or they would feel a sudden jerk if it began to slip out of their hands. The word used in this verse is nu'as, and Hadqlipthumasee IV has explained its meaning in great detail in one of his lectures. He said that analyzing all the various meanings of the words Amadatan Nu'asan can be summarized in this verse to mean After your sorrow, such a tranquility was sent down upon you which can be termed as a form of sleep or such a slumber which bestowed peace or that God sent down upon them peace and tranquility which had similar effects to that of sleep. Hence, this is the meaning of Amanatan Nu'asan Slumber also means to temporarily lower one's head in a state of slumber. However, this meaning of noas does not apply here. Rather, the meaning in this context is a state that is between one being awake and asleep. Prior to falling asleep, there is a state where all of one's nerves and every part of the body experiences a state of calm. And this indeed is a state of complete contentment. If this state is prolonged, then one falls asleep. If one is walking whilst they experience such a state, they will fall over, or at the least, they will feel a sudden jerk and then realize what state they had just experienced. However, if one falls asleep, 
they do not have voluntary control over their nerves and parts of the body. Nonetheless, it could be the case that Bishr bin Bara experienced a state of deep sleep, but it was sleep that was peaceful, despite the fact that they were in the middle of a battle and one would easily stumble. For this reason, if we accept this rendition, when his hands became relaxed slightly, his sword fell down. Nevertheless, this is such a state that one quickly realizes that they are about to fall into deep sleep, and owing to a sudden jerk, they wake up. Thus, God Almighty states that he sent down peace upon them, which was similar to that of sleep, but not deep sleep whereby one loses voluntary control over their senses. It granted them peace and tranquility, but did not render them ineffectual. In the Hadith of Bukhari, Hazrat Abu Talha narrates, On the day of Uhud, we were overcome by slumber at the peak of the battle. This was the slumber that was referred to earlier. Hazrat Abu Talha states, My sword would constantly slip out of my hand, but then I would grip it firmly again. Thus, from this Hadith, it shows that it was not such a deep sleep whereby the possessions in their hands would drop or that they would fall over whilst walking. Although it was a state of tranquility, but they had full control over their senses. He says, When the sword would slip, I would grip it firmly. This is not the case that slumber suddenly overcame them. Rather, this was a state that descended over them for a short while. In Tirmidhi Abu Abu Tafsir, Hazrat Abu Talha narrates, During the battle of Uhud, I looked around and saw that every single person was slouched behind their shields in a state of slumber. This was owing to them remaining awake or due to tiredness, but the companions were in a difficult condition. God Almighty then caused a state of peace and tranquility to descend upon them. It was not a state that is usually experienced by soldiers who become tired after a battle. Rather, Hazrat Khritamusi the fourth Rahimullah has stated that it was as if something suddenly descended from the heavens upon all the companions alongside the Holy Prophet who were engaged in fighting against the enemy, and this state then overtook the companions. At the time, they were in dire need of this source of peace. They needed to refresh and awaken their senses, but there was no time to take any rest. When someone experiences this and is tired to such an extent, this state can be experienced. Nonetheless, if everyone suddenly falls in a state of slumber such as this, when the battle is at its peak and one is fearful of an attack by the enemy, then this is a miracle and not a coincidence. This can happen to certain people, and this did not take place by chance. Rather, it was a miracle, and God Almighty sent down this state of peace upon them at that time. During the Battle of Khaybar, Hazrat Bishr also ate the poisoned goat meat alongside the Holy Prophet ﷺ, which was given to them as a gift by a Jewish woman. When Hazrat Bishr swallowed the piece of meat, he had not yet moved from his place, when all of a sudden his face complexion changed and became like Delisan. This was a cloth which was predominantly black in colour. 
The pain was so severe that for an entire year he was unable to turn over in bed without assistance, and eventually he passed away in this painful state. It is also stated that the poison was so deadly that he had not yet moved from his place when after a short while of eating the meat he passed away. When Hazrat Bishr bin Bara passed away, his mother was severely grief-stricken. She went to the Holy Prophet ﷺ and said, O Messenger of Allah ﷺ, the death of Bishr will destroy the Banu Salama. Will the deceased recognize one another? The perpetrators have committed their evil deed, but will the deceased recognize one another? And is there any way of sending her greetings to Bishr? The Holy Prophet ﷺ replied, O Umm Bishr, indeed they will. I swear by him who holds my life in his hands, just as birds recognize one another in the trees. In the same manner, the inhabitants of paradise will recognize one another. This meant that they would be able to recognize one another and that he would be able to send her greetings to him with those who are close to their death. In another narration, it is stated that after hearing this response from the Holy Prophet wasallam. Whenever a person from among the Banu Salama neared their end, the mother of Hazrat Bishr would go to that person and say, O such and such, peace be upon you, to which they would reply in kind. She would then say, Please convey my greetings to Bishr. Whenever a person from among the Banu Salama would near their death, she would go to them and say to convey her greetings. Earlier while referring to statement, Bishr's death would destroy the Banu Salama, would the deceased be able to recognize one another? It may seem as if Hazrat Bishr's mum was hostile to the Banu Salama. However, this was a way in which she expressed her grief and then asked if her greetings could be conveyed to Bishr. The Holy Prophet ﷺ replied in the affirmative and as a result, she would visit every person who was nearing death to convey her greetings to Bishr in paradise. In one narration, the sister of Hazrat Bishr visited the Holy Prophet ﷺ when he was nearing his death. The Holy Prophet ﷺ said to her, The morsel that I ate along with your brother at Khaybar has severed my insides. Explaining this incident in detail, Hazrat Muslimaud states, A Jewish woman asked the companions what part of the animal the Holy Prophet ﷺ preferred to eat. She was told that he preferred the shoulder of lamb or goat. The woman slaughtered a goat and made cutlets on hot stones. Then she mixed with them a deadly poison, especially in pieces cut from the shoulder, believing the Holy Prophet ﷺ would prefer them. The Holy Prophet ﷺ was returning to his tent, having led the evening prayers in congregation. He saw this woman waiting for him near his tent and asked, Is there anything I can do for you, woman? She said, Yes, Abul Qasim, you can accept a present from me. The Holy Prophet ﷺ asked a companion to take whatever the woman had brought. When the Holy Prophet ﷺ sat down to his, eat his meal, this present of roasted meat was also laid before him. The Holy Prophet ﷺ took a morsel 
A companion, Bashir bin Bara bin Marur, also took a morsel. Some books of history state the name as Bishr bin Bara, whereas in other places it is recorded as Bashir bin Bara. Hazrat has mentioned the name Bashir bin Bara, i.e. the same Bishr bin Bara. The other companions present at the meal stretched their hands to eat the meat, but the Holy Prophet stopped them saying, My hand has informed me that the meat has been poisoned. This did not mean that he had received a revelation. Rather, this is an expression used by the Arabs, which meant that upon tasting the meat, the Holy Prophet thought it was poisoned. Therefore, this is the meaning of the aforementioned phrase, and the Holy Prophet used it as an expression. The meaning of his hand informed him was that upon tasting the meat, the Holy Prophet realized that the meat had been poisoned. The subsequent quote would shed further light on the matter. Hazrat Muslim has elaborated on this, stating that the Holy Quran has made mention of a wall in the time of Prophet Moses. The wall wished for it to fall down. However, this simply referred to the fact that it appeared that the wall would collapse at any moment. Thus, even in this incident, this statement was in fact an expression. Hazrat Muslim then further says, Bashir, i.e. Bashir bin Bara, then said, I swear by God, who has granted you honour, I too thought the morsel was poisoned. I wished to spit out the morsel, however, I thought that if I did so, then perhaps you may dislike my action, and it may disturb you while you are eating. He said that he was hesitant about the food and thought there was something suspicious with it. Seeing you take a morsel, I also took one, but I soon began to wish you had not taken yours, as I suspected that it may have been poisoned. Soon afterwards, Bashir became ill, and according to some reports, died there in Khaybar. According to other reports, he died after remaining ill for some time. The Holy Prophet then took a piece of meat and gave it to a dog, but it too died shortly after eating the meat. The Prophet then sent for the woman and asked her if she had poisoned the meat. The woman asked the Prophet how he ever got to know about it. The Holy Prophet was holding a piece of the goat in his hand and said, My hand told me this. The woman then realized that the Holy Prophet had discovered the truth. The woman admitted what she had done. The Holy Prophet then asked, What made you commit such a heinous act? She replied, My people were at war with you, and my relations were killed in this battle. I decided to poison you, believing that if you were an imposter, you would die, and we should be safe. But if you were a prophet, God would save you. Hearing this explanation, the Holy Prophet forgave the woman. Otherwise, she would surely have been given the death penalty. This incident shows that the Holy Prophet was ever ready to forgive those who attacked him and his followers and punished only when punishment was necessary, when it was feared that the guilty one would continue to cause mischief and strife.
Some enemies of Islam allege that the Holy Prophet ﷺ passed away due to this poison. This has also been discussed in certain books of history and biographies of the Holy Prophet ﷺ. Certain historians are willing to accept the narrative that the Holy Prophet ﷺ passed away due to this poison as they wish to declare the Holy Prophet ﷺ as a martyr. However, this is contrary to the facts. The research cell has also sent a report and I will mention that here. It is written that irrespective of what is written in any book of history or biography of the Holy Prophet or any hadith, the Holy Prophet's demise was not due to poisoning. If someone asserts this, then either they are ignorant of all the narrations or they are mistaken. It should be remembered that the incident of the poisoning took place during the Battle of Khabar, which occurred at the end of the sixth year of history, or the beginning of the seventh year, and the Holy Prophet ﷺ remained alive for approximately four more years. He lived a healthy life just as he did before the incident, and even went for battles. There was not even the slightest change in his routine with respect to his worship or other daily activities. To pass away after approximately four years owing to a fever and a migraine, no rational individual would assert that his death was due to the effects of poisoning. In actuality, there is a hadith recorded in Bukhari as well as some other books of hadith, and owing to not understanding the translation correctly, people have inferred from it that the Holy Prophet's demise was due to the effects of poisoning, whereas this is incorrect. The hadith mentioned in Bukhari is as follows. I will mention the translation. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu narrates that during his last days, the Holy Prophet would say, O oh Aisha, I have always felt the effects of what I ate at Khabar. Even today I feel as if my insides are severed due to the poison. From this hadith, some Muslims, Muslim exegetes and scholars of hadith have inferred that the Holy Prophet ﷺ passed away due to the effects of the poison. Some of them then explain that owing to this, the Holy Prophet ﷺ can be deemed as a martyr, whereas this narration does not support this viewpoint. In this narration, the Holy Prophet ﷺ has simply expressed a sense of pain he felt. Everyone is aware that an injury or pain can revert at times owing to certain factors. If one analyzes the details regarding the narrations about the Holy Prophet eating poisoned meat at the time of Khaybar, it is also written that the Holy Prophet put the poisoned meat in his mouth but did not swallow it. Even if he did swallow it, the fact that he lived a healthy life is proof that his death was not as a result of the poison. Indeed, the poison would have had a severe effect on the stomach or intestines, and this is a natural consequence of it. Likewise, since the morsel was placed in his mouth, it would have affected the uvula, and owing to this, he may have occasionally felt pain whilst eating. 
All the details regarding this incident can be found in the Ahadith. It is also written that the Holy Prophet knew that the meat had been poisoned and he stopped his companions from eating it. When the Holy Prophet called the woman responsible for it and asked her, she said that she added the poison to see that if the Holy Prophet was a true prophet of God, he would be saved. Otherwise, they would be rid of him. The Jews even admit to the fact that the Holy Prophet survived. The poison used was fatal, yet the Holy Prophet survived. In fact, according to some narrations, this woman then accepted Islam. Nevertheless, the Jews themselves admit that the Holy Prophet survived and consider this to be a miracle. Therefore, it is utterly false to assert that the Holy Prophet passed away due to the effects of the poison. I will continue narrating more accounts in the future, God willing. At present, I will speak about two deceased members, and God willing, after the prayers, I will also lead the funeral prayers in absentia. The first funeral is of respected Nasir Ahmed Sahib, son of respected Ali Muhammad Sahib of Rajanpur. He passed away on 21st of November 2019 at the age of 63. Inna lillahi wa inna Verily to Allah we belong, and to Him shall we return. Ahmadiyat entered the family of the deceased through his paternal great-grandfather, Muhammad Din Sahib. He belonged to the village Malsiyan in Zira, district of Freilspur. He accepted Ahmadiyat by sending a letter pledging allegiance in 1907 along with his brother, respected Ilahi Baksh Sahib. He then had the opportunity to pledge allegiance at the hands of Hazrat Khalid Masih I radiallahu anhu during the Qadian Jalsa in 1908. In Rajanpur, the deceased Nasir Ahmed Sahib had the opportunity to serve as Naib Amir of the district as well as Zayman Saurullah and Sadar Jamaat. He was regular in offering the five daily prayers in congregation and would make arrangements for it. He lived in a joint family system and would constantly remind all of his brothers, nieces and nephews for the prayers. At Fajr prayers, he would go around the entire manor house. They lived together in a large manor house which had separate dwellings. He would wake everyone up for the Fajr prayers. He would not only recite the Holy Quran himself, but also encourage all of his relatives, including children, and ask them if they had done so. If they were negligent in this matter, he would encourage them about it. He would read the books of the Promised Messiah Islam and encourage his children and other relatives, including his nieces and nephews. He would listen to the Friday sermons on MTA regularly and it was his habit to ensure that all of the residents of his household had also listened to the sermon. Despite facing severe opposition, he never let an opportunity pass by to perform tabliq. If his family members advised him to err on the side of caution, he would reply by saying, How could I stand before God Almighty if I do not spread the message of the one appointed by him to others? The deceased was a Musi. Apart from his wife, he leaves behind one daughter and three sons. One of his sons, Khalid Ahmed Sahib, is currently serving as a missionary in Mali, West Africa and owing to his duties, he was unable to attend the funeral.
May God Almighty elevate the status of the deceased, grant him his forgiveness, and enable his children and future progeny to continue his virtuous deeds. The second funeral is of respected Atal Karim Mubasha Sahib, son of Mia Aladita Sahib, who was originally from Kirtu district of Sheikhapura, but was currently residing in Canada. He passed away on 13th of November at the age of 75. Verily to Allah we belong, and to him shall we return. Ahmadiyat entered the family of the deceased through his father, respected Mia Aladita Sahib, who performed bayat at the hands of Hazrat Muslim Aud Radhi Allah in 1934. And after performing bayat, he devoted his entire life to spreading the message. Many families accepted Ahmadiyat through him, and he spent his entire life with the spirit of dedication. Aside from this, he served the Jamaat in many other capacities whilst he was in Lahore, Pakistan. In 2007, he moved to Canada and had the opportunity to serve as Secretary Ishaat for his Jamaat. Owing to an ailment of the lungs, he constantly used oxygen until his health permitted him he would regularly attend the mosque in order to offer the prayers on his wheelchair. He fought his illness courageously and never complained of anything. He had a bond of loyalty and sincerity with the Nizam and the institution of Khilafat and exhibited a lot of love for them. He was very intelligent and influential. He possessed a pure heart and was honest. Every member of his family has spoken about the deep bond they had with him. He was sincere with everyone and would provide ease to others. He never complained to anyone and had a loving and friendly relationship with everyone. The deceased was a Musi. Aside from his wife, he is survived by two sons and two daughters. One of his sons, Atal Manan Sahib, is a missionary who is currently serving as Naib Nazir in the office of Sadr Sadr Anjaman Ahmadiyya. One of the deceased's grandsons, Jazib Ahmed, is studying in Jami Ahmadiyya in Canada. The deceased was the elder brother of Abdul Karim Kutsi Sahib, who is a poet of the Jamaat. May God Almighty shower his mercy and forgiveness on the deceased and elevate his status. May he enable his children and future progeny to continue his virtuous endeavors. Alhamdulillah, <laughs> 